All right, hey everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Talking STEM podcast. Once again, my name is Sion Bhatia, and I'm the co-founder of Start STEM Early. And I'm Soho Bhatia, and I'm also a co-founder of Start STEM Early. Um, we're super proud to bring this session to you guys today, featuring our guest speaker, Susie Kanzor, who's the director of hacking at Microsoft Garage. So before we begin, Susie, do you mind explaining a little bit about um, your role at Microsoft and Microsoft Garage, and just a little bit about how you got started and how the garage came to be? The garage started 10 years ago, and it was um, an idea that came up that management and the company said, if you um, gave employees spaces and programs and places where they could be passionate and they could work on things that they're passionate about, whether that is a maker space, whether that's somebody working on making jewelry or doing something in 3D printing, what, what would that look like? And what the hypothesis was, is was that employees then would be they would have a different skill set then. They would come to work with more passion. They would um, have more confidence in their own skill sets because, you know, one of the things that I say to people who are coming into the workforce or wherever you are in your career is you want to work at a company where it is okay to have your own ideas. You want to work in a company where um, you know, innovation is democratized, that it's something that all of us can take part in. Um, when Satya first came in as CEO of the company, he said something that has stuck with me from the get-go, which is he said, if you're walking across campus and you see something broken, are you going to be the person that says to yourself, ah, eh, somebody else will fix that? Or are you going to be the person that says, what could I do to fix that? How could I make that better? And that is stuck with me. And that really is the heart of the garage is if there's big ideas out there and big things that the world needs solved, why aren't you the one to solve that, right? Don't think about somebody else solving it. Think about why, how you could solve it. And I think in doing, you know, the projects that we're probably going to see today, that that's what you're doing. You are taking your ideas and you are taking problems and things that you see and you are doing something about it. I'm incredibly fortunate because I get to do that day in and day out, right? I get to be part of this amazing garage space. We have 12 spaces around the world now with garage locations, with huge maker spaces, hacking spaces. Um, and it's, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing benefit for employees. The other huge thing that I am just so fortunate to have is I get to oversee the world's largest private hackathon, which is the Microsoft Global Hackathon. Last year, we had 70,000 employees, and this is the eighth year that we're doing this. And it is very interesting because the first year we had the hackathon, really, Satya came to the garage and he said, here's what I'd like. I'd like to have a program where for a week's time, Every employee in the company, no matter what their discipline, their role, their tenure at the company, their skill set, I want them to have a week's uh, time that they can work on something they're passionate about. Now, that doesn't need to be writing code. That could be coming up with a new marketing plan, a business plan, a financial analysis model. It could be any of these things. So you don't have to write code. Now, many people, most people do write code as part of this. 
But it was this amazing moment where employees could actually take the time away from their day job to work on something that they were personally really, really passionate about. And that could be anything. It could be something related to their day job, or it could be, you know, saving the habitat for hippopotamuses in Africa. I mean, who knows what it could be? It could be any of these amazing things. People can work with nonprofits and make things for nonprofits. So this hackathon will be on its eighth year this year. Um, the first year we were frankly terrified um, because we just thought, what if nobody comes? And 11,000 employees showed up and we thought, all right, we're on to something here. We're definitely on to something. And the hackathon has continued to grow and really is a moment in time where employees get to really feel the passion around innovation. And they really get to, you know, um, take innovation as their own. Um, because again, like, don't wait for somebody else. You don't need a chief innovation officer. You don't need a manager to tell you that you can be innovative. Like that's not necessary. You can be innovative. And so I feel tremendously lucky that I've ended up in this role at Microsoft and in this, you know, field of STEM. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get to where I've been, right? And where I am right now, like I didn't come from a traditional background, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. So um, those were a few of the things that I wanted to bring. Um, Cyan, any other questions? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what you mentioned, like I, it definitely stands out to me when you talk about, you know, like hacking maker spaces or, you know, hacking spaces, um, like you said, are just like kind of like an intersection of innovation or that could be programming or it could be something else with, you know, new ideas and collaboration. Uh, but just kind of following up with that, we'll kind of like, uh, I would say trends or uh, fields of STEM um, when, when working with people or seeing other people in makerspaces or hackerspaces, uh, what kind of trends or uh, fields do you think um, in intrigues you or interests you the most? Yeah, so it's such a good question. And, you know, I, I'm lucky that I get to see across the gamut, you know what I mean? And I get to see that um, STEM and, you know, technology are just basically moving into every piece of our life, right? Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that, and one of the things that we have to keep in mind in the garage is we have to offer programming and we have to offer opportunities for everybody to bring technology in whatever way is exciting to them. So do you wanna make interactive jewelry? We had a huge project um, a few years ago around um, technology infused tattoos that you know you would could apply and they had technology in them. Um, you know, we see in the last few years, like we always are looking at what are the top 10 things that people hack on um, each year? And wow, those things change so much, right? Um, it used to be, you know, we had Windows Phone for many years. Now that's changed, right? Um, but in the last few years, um, really, the areas that we've seen the deepest engagement are, last year, we saw a lot more quantum projects um, and uh, machine learning, data science, um, AI. I mean, AI is essentially now infused into almost every project that we see, but that wasn't the case five, six years ago. Um, but, you know, realistically, people do just about anything in the hackathon and they find a way to marry their passion um, with the technology and you know, then bring that to life. 
Um, I, a few years ago, uh, one of my favorite projects um, was a group of, um, a group of employees who were actually foster care parents. And they felt like they needed a database that they, uh, a special type of database to, to keep foster care homes um, in communication with another, with one another in a secure manner. And this group of parents, they, um, they made this database, they created it. And now that is what is used in Western Washington for many of foster care homes. And so we see all of these different things where, you know, um, people can really bring their passions with the technology and bring those to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, I definitely agree with that. Like just, just seeing the projects that we, we have um, from our students in, in this challenge, uh, we've seen people who are, you know, building things that they're, they're obviously used to like problems they've seen themselves. And I think that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the natural uh, tendency for a lot of people, especially when attending such a hackathon is that you're obviously going to tackle problems um, or ideas uh, and build upon those ideas that you are familiar with. So like in, in, in industries that, that you like or passions that you have. Um, so yeah, definitely like you said, I think like in our challenge already, we've seen people who are um, building, a, building apps that are related to things in their daily life and solving problems that they might have right now. So um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that great um, discussion there. Um, so I have another question. Uh, to follow up. Yeah. And just one thing I wanted to say, Sayan, is like the other big thing about hacking and about all of this is it's okay to fail. It's okay if you do your hack and you find out, and this was something really big for Microsoft employees that we had to get past because everybody wanted to just, they wanted to do everything right. And they wanted their project to be perfect. And, and very frankly, this is not about perfection. This is about failing fast and trying something and then, you know, proving it or disproving it. And, you know, we, we see so many hacks that, you know, they don't go anywhere, but does that mean that they were a failure? No, not at all. It means you learned, wow, that wasn't the way to do something, but it showed me this was the way to do it. And so I think that, you know, we're trying to really infuse hacking into the culture at Microsoft so that, you know, this idea of trying something, creating something like that's really where you start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Also, I think one of the we're, we're kind of in relation to the, the previous question, too, I think it's so crazy to just see how big STEM has gotten to. Um, Cause like just in the past, like decades, STEM has grown from something that um, you don't, you, you start before, you know, you're 20 and you start like when you're really, really young. Um, so I think kind of in relation to that, um, how do you think students, especially young students like on the call, how do you think they can kind of engage in STEM in, in a fun way? Cause I think STEM is always seen as this sometimes a complex subject, sometimes um, as a hard subject. And sometimes if you break it down, it's something that can be really fun and engaging at the same time. Yeah, I mean, so here's what I would say. What I would say is um, find something you're passionate about and then see how you can work with that within STEM, right? So like if, you know, every year, I look, um, and I jokingly, I, I love hippopotamuses. I don't know why. I know that they're dangerous animals, but I love them, okay? Every year, I look for a project. And the, the year that that project is in there, I don't start my own project because I really want somebody else to do that. But, um, but 
you first, you have to find something you're passionate about. And our passions are different, obviously, for every one of us, right? And whether it's, um, I worked with a woman a few years ago, and her passion is fashion, okay? But she doesn't want to go into fashion, but she wants to know where does technology intersect with fashion? And how can she make garments that are high tech in nature? And so the thing to me is, you know, it can really be, it can marry up with what your passions are. Even if on the surface, it doesn't look like it has, you know, a place in STEM or that type of thing. You just have to find those intersection points. And, you know, I, I think that I went recently to um, a, a robotics competition and it was so amazing to see all of these students that robotics was their passion, but then you could also tell that different parts of STEM were also their passion, depending on how they made the robot, how they did all of these things. And so I think one of the keys is to really maybe start with your passion first. Um, and then, you know, how does technology then come into that passion? Absolutely. Yeah, I, th I think that's a that's a great take on it, too, because I think, um, as you just mentioned, too, it's like sometimes you just need like a starting point to go from, you know, like, where do I start really? And, and sometimes it doesn't start with a textbook or it doesn't start with just like searching up something. Sometimes it just starts with like, what are you interested in? Um, and that's kind of so cool to see like some of the apps and projects we've seen in this challenge. Um, some people build things that they're passionate about. Um, it's just something that maybe they read about, something that they're just interested in. And it doesn't have to be like a super complex game changing the world. It's just like um, a simple idea that just they took further. Um, we've seen some apps about um, a lot of apps right now today um, in our challenges about global warming and greenhouse gases. And it's so interesting to see you know, like, the, although you guys are young, it's crazy to see that you guys are passionate about such, um, you know, world changing events. Um, and you build apps and projects that revolve around um, those kind of concerns. So that, that's, that's crazy and just amazing to see at the same time. Yeah. And I would say, you know, it's been super interesting for me. So I got a 3D printer recently and um, my mom came to me and um, my dad was having trouble with one of his hearing aids. And she was like, I read online that you can 3D print this little piece that's really helpful. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like, here's my mother. My mother's turning 80. And my mother is reading about 3D printing to solve a problem for my father, right? Like, that's amazing. So it's like, it's coming from both ends of the spectrum, like young people really being passionate and curious. And I mean, I would say that's the big thing is being curious when you see something and you see a problem that you're like, you know what, maybe I won't solve it totally, but how could I start solving it? Right? Like, and how could I like start somewhere and, you know, really move it forward a little bit. And like, that's what I think is so exciting about STEM and so exciting about where we're going with technology infusing into everything and that, you know, we can be curious and very frankly, we can try these things ourselves, right? Like it doesn't need to be that, you know, like that, that you wait for somebody else to solve it for you. And, and I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that example of the hearing aid is like a really good example, because like I said, we saw projects uh, out here that um, we're solving problems, maybe indirectly, um, like I said, in problems that they had. And also when I look at, 
you know, in the news and I see people who are taking technology and using it to drive uh, change in a certain industry, obviously, because there are tons of areas of um, the world which may need help with technology or haven't even been touched um, with technology. And I think that, that's where the hackathons um, and makerspaces come into that, you know, play into that role because they really ask people to take their experiences um, and then just use technology and engineering to figure out any solutions for those. Um, and so, yeah, that, that I think we've had a great discussion today. Um, I think we covered pretty much all of our questions. Um, and before we move into, you know, Q&A with uh, maybe if, if anybody has any questions, like the participants, um, if Susie, if you have anything else to add, that'd be great. Otherwise, we can quickly uh, dive right into the questions. No, I have nothing else to add just other than like, I hope you're excited. I hope you're excited of where your journey is going. Um, like, it's just amazing, like all the opportunity. Um, and so um, this, this should be an incredibly exciting time for you, but also like, stay curious, stay curious. And, you know, you try to come up with a solution, like, just try it. Awesome. So yeah, uh, participants, um, all attendees can just ask questions. Um, we'll, we will prim primarily be using the Q&A. So um, we'd love to hear your questions um, with on the Q&A section. And, and all the questions are also an anonymous. So again, there's really no stupid question. Don't worry about that. Um, and it's the message icon. If um, you didn't see it earlier, it's the small message icon. You can just type in any question, hit send, um, and then we'll just view that uh, view the questions and then we can go ahead and ask uh, Susie. So I see a question here, which I think is such a great question. Um, so how did you get the idea to set up uh, the hackathon? Yeah, so um, so again, the hackathon was um, was in answer to a, a, a specific problem, which was how do we get, how do we have an activity that every employee can take part in, no matter skill sets, no matter, you know, their tenure, how long they've been with the company, how, you know, who they know. And so the hackathon really, that was what we utilized as um, the method that we thought would solve that problem. At the beginning, it was a little bit challenging because, and, and it still continues to be a little challenging in that there are a lot of people that still think it's not for them because they don't write code. Um, but really what we continue to work on every day is how do we make sure that people know that the hackathon is for them? And what I say to people is, you know, when they say to me, oh, it's not for me, I'm like, oh, so you're not passionate about anything. And then they always laugh and they're like, of course I'm passionate about things. And I'm like, well, then you're a hacker because you can do something about that passion. Um, and so, you know, really when I talk to people and why we came up with a hackathon was, you know, anybody can have an idea. Anybody can be passionate about that idea and anybody can make something affiliated with that idea, whether it's code, not code, idea, et cetera. And so that's why we chose that was because, you know, we really thought that that would be a, a way to bring us all together and sort of take down the silos in the company. For sure. I think that's, that's a great answer. Um, let's see, I think we have another question here, which um, I also love. Um, so being the director of hacking, what is your day-to-day -day schedule like? <laughs> Yeah, this is such a great question. Um, so my day-to-day -day schedule is never the same. 
Um, that's probably one of the things that I love about my job the most. Um, but it, um, as you can imagine, Hackathon's a big event, 70,000 people. Uh, it takes us about a year to actually plan the hackathon. So the day that I, you know, that we finish the hackathon, um, I start planning the next year. Um, but I would say that my job, um, I'm super fortunate because my job allows me to talk to people all over the company because we have groups that we work with in all different manners. I'm always figuring out like what, is, what employees are going to be excited about, what's going to make them do the hackathon, that kind of thing. I have a lot of meetings. I have a lot of, you know, that kind of thing. But I would say it's a lot about creativity, right? And finding out year to year, what are people passionate about? How can we make the hacking experience better for people? In the year, this last year of COVID, we went 100% virtual. How can we still make that exciting that it was virtual even, and, you know, even though everybody was hacking from their living rooms, you know what I mean? And so, um, so I'm tremendously fortunate, but my day to day, that never looks the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely, I, I love even when we um, have like, invited guest speaker over, I think the most fun questions are what, what do they do on a day-to-day day, day, day basis? Um, this is really great to hear that. Um, so another question, uh, do you have any tips for us to get ready for middle school? And I think this is kind of in relation to uh, STEM or getting into technology. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I have a middle schooler going in. I have a, I have um, a sixth grader. And um, so what I would say with getting ready again is um, keep being curious about, you know, new and different things. So um, one of the main things that we push at the hackathon is that the hackathon is a fantastic um, way to learn a new skill. Okay. And, you know, yes, many people, they do the hackathon to have a specific project that they move forward. But a lot of people use it, for instance, to learn about HoloLens or learn about AI or that kind of thing. And what I would say is keep pushing yourself to be curious as you're going into middle school and exploring new things all the time, you know what I mean? Because that is, you know, you're gonna see new trends coming up and that kind of stuff. Keep being curious about those. Keep looking at ways that you can engage with new technologies or new, you know, sort of movements, whether it's quantum, whether it's AI, whether it's machine learning, whether it's data science. Um, and just be, keep being curious. And I'm sorry, my eye is watering. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that would probably be my biggest, uh, my biggest, you know, sort of suggestion. Yeah, yeah, that that's a great um, kind of response. Um, and I think even when we were, um, both, both Soho and I, when we were in middle school, um, most of our, you know, STEM, and when we're, whenever we indulged in STEM, most of it, it, most of the time it was, you know, through STEM competitions. So, um, and I think that's what people are most familiar with is just kind of competing, because I think that's kind of, uh, where everybody starts, especially in elementary school. Um, but yeah, I think definitely adding on to that, we can kind of, um, you know, through hacking or just, uh, you know, participating in competitions. Those are just both great ways to uh, indulge yourself in any area of STEM. Yeah. And I think the competitions are great. And it's also like bring people, other people on your journey. 
as you're learning things. Like not only like bring other friends that are, uh, you know, hey, at school, are you also interested in this? Let's explore this together. Bring your parents along. You know what I mean? Like, are they, you know, maybe they'd be really interested in robotics or they'd be really interested in quantum. Like, and, you know, you're learning to 3D print something. Ask a few people, ask somebody in your family, hey, if you could have one thing 3D printed, what would it be? And then challenge yourself, make that thing. You know what I mean? And so see also like, where can you help people? Do you have a problem? You know, ask, Ask just somebody that you know, a family friend, do you have a problem that you would like to see solved in this world? And then figure out, okay, what could I do about that? Right. Yeah. And um, kind of going into that, uh, we have another question. Uh, what is what is the favorite part of your job? Favorite part of my job. Favorite part of my job is definitely all of the different people that I get to meet of all ages um, and most many of them at Microsoft, but many of them not to sort of spread this idea that innovation belongs to all of us and that we can all sort of embrace innovation and be part of like the future. Um, like to me, that is just so exciting. Every year we, um, we have a theme for our hackathon and this year it just coincidentally it's space. And I mean, I've just gotten to watch all of the things that are going on in the realm of space. And, you know, that's, that's the future. There's, you know, so much of the future there. And I love being able to like talk to people every day about sort of innovation and us all owning innovation and democratizing it. Like that to me is exciting and fun. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a really good answer. Um, I think, yeah, just, just going based off like hackathons in general, like, especially for us, you know, like when we go to hackathons, we only see people coming to the global student challenge, uh, just seeing like this kind of cohesive, you know, collaborative, uh, workspace is also very exciting. And I can obviously assume that this is your, you know, the best part of your job is just seeing people, uh, come together. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a, I think that's a great answer. Um, let's see, I think. We have, let's, I don't know if we have another question. Is there any? Um, okay, so we have a couple other questions, but I think they're more targeted towards, um, you know, something that we can answer during our award ceremony. Uh, but yeah, in general, I think we have, we've, we spent a good time answering questions. Um, thank you, Susie, so much for, you know, coming in, um, being your keynote speaker. Um, we love when keynote speakers just come and talk about themselves and have a great conversation. So, um, I think we'll also have this on our next podcast. We'll be uh, putting up there on the talking stem on Spotify. Um, so for all participants, go ahead and check that out um, in a few days. Um, and yeah, we can go ahead and get started with the awards uh, and the prizes.